Hi guys, welcome back to another new episode of the Balance Factor podcast. My name is Emily, I am your host, and this is a show where I help you understand the complexities of human health and well-being. Today, we are talking all about healing. As you know, healing is a journey, and although it can be uncomfortable and predictable, it can be one of the most rewarding processes that can not only allow us to understand of our bodies, but to develop a deeper sense of love for ourselves inside and out. To talk all about healing, joined with me today, I have Kayla Rose. She is the podcast host of the Skinny Dipping Podcast and a mental health advocate who specializes on focusing on the intersectionality between mental health and spirituality. We get really deep into this conversation and talk about the stages throughout a healing journey, why it's important to feel emotions and not hinder those feelings of anxiety, anger, or frustration that we may have throughout the process and how to overcome the hard barriers that we go through in this journey. We cover all the topics from regulating your nervous system, the importance of exercise, and how to find things that work for you. We get deep into the hard things that no one really wants to talk about and I absolutely love this conversation with Kayla. You will be inspired and motivated after this episode and I think you guys are all going to love it. Before we dive into it, we have to talk about two things. First things first, our balanced factor of the week. After experiencing a week of a lot of tiredness, lack of motivation, and just uncomfortable uneasiness throughout my days, I came back to realizing that I needed sleep. And although I may be going to sleep at a good time and waking up at a decent time, Your body still needs to rest and this was something that I picked up on and cued into this week realizing that my body needed sleep and so for this week the balanced factor is sleep and I hope that you guys recognize that how important sleep is and whether or not you prioritize it or you don't make sure to take time to rest and allow your body to regenerate because as we talk about in this episode in order to heal we have to listen to our bodies and sleep is a part of that process last but not least we have our weekly favorite which this week it's something very trendy um but i couldn't resist because i'm 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 obsessed with it and that is my stanley cup tumbler that i just received in the mail last week I understand the hype now that I have one because I will tell you I have drank so much water in the last three days that I've had to get up in the middle of the night because of it and that is not like me. I normally sleep throughout the night. I can hold my pee but I am now consuming so much water that I'm now waking up in the middle of the night. However, I have been noticing such a big difference with how much water I've been consuming and how much better I feel even within the last week. I'm like, holy crap, I was not drinking enough water. So, If you don't have a Stanley Cup and you are debating getting one, here's your sign to go get one because guys, I understand the hype. Normally, I think things like this that are so hyped up are overrated, but this product, I will say, is worth the the spend. So that is it for this week's weekly favorite. And without further ado, I think it's time we dive into this week's episode. So please welcome to the show, Kayla Rose. Kayla, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. 
Emily, thank you so much for having me on. We've been planning this for a minute and I'm so freaking grateful that it is time for us to chat because I feel like, I don't know, I love your podcast. I love your vibe and I just am looking forward to the conversation that we're about to have. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this has taken a while to uh, book, but we're finally here and you're all the way coming from sunny Hawaii right now. And I'm, I'm a little jealous, I must say. Um, so why don't we start off? I know that you have a very unique perspective on things that you do in your work. And that's really what makes you authentic and real. And that's why I love your content so much. You focus mostly on the intersectionality of mental health and spirituality. Could you explain for us what that is and how it works? It's often something we don't hear that much. And I really want to touch base on what that actually is. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much for acknowledging like that that is a unique perspective because I don't know, I feel like we can as educators and as people in this space, especially in podcasting, you know, I, I pull from so many different resources that I love and I pull from so many different teachers and other podcasts and other books that have inspired me and that have changed my life. And I just really did find this unique perspective and this unique intersectionality between mental health sciences and spirituality, because as I was diving into my healing therapy, spiritual journey, it all kind of happened at once, really. I started getting into therapy, but my therapist is very much so like a holistic therapist. So she really got me into reading first The Untethered Soul, which is like the best book for, you know, somebody who's first diving into spirituality. The Untethered Soul is an amazing book for that. Um, but on top of that, we were diving into the subconscious and brain waves and what it means to tap into those deeper parts of our mind in order to heal ourselves. So what I noticed when I first started this journey is that they needed to go together. Like when I only had the spiritual side, like the awareness side, the theoretical side, I, you know, I loved it, but I think it doesn't create action. And the thing with mental health sciences and and backed research about the brain and about the body and the nervous system and brain waves and the subconscious, when we learn about that, um, it allows us to hack our minds and hack our brains and hack our bodies so that we can actually apply the change that that we learn from the theory of spirituality, that we learn from the connection of connecting deeper to yourselves, connecting to the divine, something greater than yourselves. I just noticed that, you know, I couldn't have one without the other. And the way that I felt the most evolution and the most transformation and the most effective change was in the, in the middle point of that, like in the in-between of using the tools to regulate your nervous system, using the tools to, you know, provide more serotonin, and dopamine for my mind, using the tools that I know about brainwaves and the subconscious and, and how to really tap in and reprogram your brain through the subconscious paired with deep understanding in the laws of the universe, deep understanding in what it means to be spirit versus ego, what it means to be the observer, what it means to you know, really embody the four agreements, like all these things that I was learning within spirituality and conceptually, I was like, okay, it, 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 I, I can't create the change that I want to create without the science part because I've realized, I've realized that education evokes evolution. 
And that is something that has really been coming to me lately, that when we are provided with the information and the science and and, and the educational resources and the facts, like in this 3D spirit, like in this physical world, the facts for our brain and our body, that is when we can have the catalyst for change because we are like, okay, I know this information. Let me do something with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And I love that it's you've been able to take this approach to mental health and your well-being because we often look as you said there is a science part to it but there's also this spirituality part to it and finding yourself and we'll look at the science and we'll look at you know yeah there can be chemical imbalances yeah there can be tendencies to show anxious or depressive behaviors but what about the actual feelings that we're going through while this is all occurring and that's such a big point and we it's overlooked so often so that's why I appreciate your work so much and so you've talked about how you've gotten into this healing journey I'm curious to know what where did that stem from how did this all this come about yes yeah I totally agree with you I feel like we need we need both we need to see both and one without the other it it just it's just not enough to really create that change and that evolution within our own being and I think that's what really inspired me like this whole time is just I saw change within myself. I was somebody I didn't want to be like I literally was somebody I didn't want to be at all. And I'll, I'll get into that in a second. And then seeing the change and seeing the evolution and, and seeing that I have the ability to change when presented with new information inspired me so much. And I was like, I want everyone to feel this way because basically getting into a little bit about my story is that. I was pretty like just really in a wounded masculine energy. And what I mean by that is that I was hustler, capitalistic, go, 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 completely based my self-worth off of my achievements. Growing up, it was my grade, my extracurricular activities. Um, Did you get the part in that school play? Like what colleges did you get into? I got I applied to like 13 colleges, got into like 12 of them. Like I was like, I am worthy because I have these achievements, not because I just am. And because of that, I think it created this like deep, I don't know, deep sadness because that is just at the end of the day, not very fulfilling. And with that, I think that there's two types of people that that deal with their emotions. And there are the the explosives, the explosives, the exploders, sorry, the exploders. And then there's the, then, then there's the stuffers. So I would say like my boyfriend, for example, is a stuffer. And what happens when you're a stuffer is like somebody pisses you off or you get hurt and you get quiet and you hold it in and and you get resentful. And resentment is like one of the worst vibrational emotions ever because like you just hate everybody around you and and all because you really don't like yourself. And then there's the exploders, which is where the category that I fell into. And when I would get anxious or upset, or overwhelmed, my first response was to explode. It was to yell at the people around me. It was to literally throw child tantrums. And that just came to a lack of emotional regulation in my family because whenever I was having tantrums as a child, as children do, as they're supposed to do, um, no one ever asked me, what are you feeling? Are you okay? Like they would just like put me to the side and let me cry it out. Yeah. So with that, I developed no emotional regulation as adult, not blaming my parents for that at all. They were doing the best that they could with the tools and skills they had at that time. Um, but growing up, I got into a really serious relationship and he, who I'm still with now, 
um, was more of a stuffer and I was an exploder. And when I would get anxious and when I would get upset, I would literally I could just say the thing that would just like tear somebody apart. I feel like um, I don't know if you know about astrology at all, but I I know a little bit. Yeah. But I'm like a Scorpio rising. So that's like the scorpion can just sting. And then I'm a Gemini moon, which my moon is my emotional self. And Gemini is very good with their words. And I feel like I just could hit it where it hurts and I could say shit and I could just go off. And once I was going off, I wasn't myself. Like it literally was like I was this different person. And then like after the fact, a couple hours later, the day after, I'd be like, oh, my God, fuck, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to say all those mean things. I didn't mean to be that way. Um, and my boyfriend's like, I get it. Um, it happens. But also, like, you got to work on this or else this isn't going to work with us. So that's how I got into therapy, because I was like, I need to change and preserve this relationship because I have this amazing man who literally loves me so much. who is so giving, who who is just like so full of love and. I would just take shit out on him like I would take it out on my parents. And that's what so many people do is we take things out on the people that are closest to us in our life. And we think that that's normal. And we think that that's that that's normal. And it's not normal. It's not OK. It's not normal. So that's why I went into that journey out of necessity. And I think when you talk to a lot of people about their healing journey or their therapy journey or spiritual journey, whatever it is, they'll they'll tell you they didn't they didn't choose it. It chose them. Like it was out of necessity because I wasn't the person that I knew I could be because I have the fucking biggest heart. And like with and aside from those times that I would explode, like I would just like be the most giving, loving person who would just like show up for anyone on a dime, like who I love in my life. Like I am like dedicated to the people in my life and I still am. And I always had that trait. But it's just like in those moments that anxiety over overwhelmed me, I would cover it up with anger and anger was my protection mechanism. And it was hurting my nervous system. It was hurting the nervous system of my parents, of my boyfriend. And I just was like, I'm ready to change. So that's kind of how I got into the journey, um, just out of that deep, deep, deep necessity to be somebody, somebody different or not even be somebody different, because I don't feel like it's about being somebody different. I feel like it's about being your true self. Like I was just like uncovering the layers of who I had, who I thought I had to be to protect myself. And then underneath that was like my real self, which is just pure love. Like we are when we're a baby, we're just like pure love, you know? Yeah. And that's, I think it's so interesting why you and I are able to connect so much is because I similarly went through the same thing where you know, did very well in school, everything was had to be clear cut and perfect. And then it wasn't until I experienced some health issues where I hit a low and it forced me to heal. It forced me to have to deep critically about who I am, where I want to go, what I value, things like that. But it also was relevant and kind of hit me when I started to notice how my behaviors were affecting the people around me. And you said something very important there about your nervous system. And, you know, even when there's instances where I'll still go home and I can feel my nervous system's heightened and I'm like, why am I this way? And emotions are triggered and you don't even realize that there's this energy and this connect that you have with these people, yet you love them so much. So I I really connect with you on that level and I, I find that so interesting as to how you were able to shift and get yourself to this journey that you're going on. Yeah, no, I I definitely yeah found that. And I'm sure you can relate to how important it is to know about your body 
and to to know about your nutrition and your health and how that directly impacts your nervous system and how that directly impacts your emotional system and and the thing about you know the things that we can't see and the things that we can see with our body versus our emotions is that they are all connected and even somebody like me who you know can get like feisty and fiery like i need to be really careful about my drinking because like different emotions impact different organs in your body and anger being like the liver and that's what is cleansing out the alcohol and things like that and it is just so important to i'm sure you know just like through your health journey i've i've been looking at your things and and um how important it is to know about like your body and have education around it. And that's the thing is that people just don't know. Like we just don't have education around the things that we need to have education around to regulate our nervous system to, you know, your nutrition and your body and like the way that you treat your body literally directly impacts your emotions. Like if I don't work out, like I am the worst person. Like if I don't work out for like three days, like I just have so much energy and And if it doesn't have anywhere to go, it's going to go out through my mouth and I'm not going to be the nicest person. So I know I need to move my body. I need to meditate. I need to eat healthy foods and all of those like science backed research for what helps your 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 emotions and your nervous system and, and your mind like is directly impacted to like the spiritual world and like the world of of having deep awareness and deep self love for yourself. So yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just really I love your journey too. And it's been so cool to see the way that you show up in the world and how you want to like share what has helped you. I think that's so cool. Yeah, thank you. And so on the healing part in your nervous system, because a lot of your show, your podcast, your content, it's all focusing on showing your journey and you're very raw and organic with that, which I value so much. And you talk a lot about regulating your nervous system but also along the lines of feeling and you know we like you've just said everything is interconnected and what we eat what we do it all plays a role in the way we behave and the way we go about our every single day life but when we come back to actually feeling and I feel that a lot of people can get caught up in looking at what they're eating what they're exercising but they avoid what they're actually feeling And there's that one specific TikTok, and I think it was recently that you post, where you talk about you have to feel to heal. And it's such a valid statement because it's so true that many people will go about their day, do all the things that they need to help themselves, they'll eat well, they'll focus on their um, exercise, anything like that, but they won't actually feel. And I'm curious to know what you do to allow yourself to feel and cope with those emotions especially when it can come from a place that feels very isolated and lonely. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think um, it all intersects, but if we don't have the emotional part, then everything else in the wellness world is not going to work for you. Yeah. Um, So I think that's so important. When my therapist first taught me this phrase, it hit me so hard because I did not like to feel like I said with the emotional regulation as a child, like my parents really much so lived in a very like toxic positivity mindset. My parents are fucking great. I fucking love them, but they are like still toxically positive. They don't feel comfortable around deep, intense emotions. And the reality of the situation is I just came into the world with some pretty deep emotions. Like I am just like an emotional 
energetic being who who always my whole life I really feel like yes some things are nurture but also some things we come into this world with and I genuinely believe we have different dispositions and mine is definitely to be emotional and I've always had very intense emotions without any ability to handle them um so feeling to heal when I first started to learn about that completely changed my life because I realized that the reason I was angry was because I didn't want to be anxious. I didn't want to feel the anxiety. So I would cover it up. And with that, I was hurting myself because I think it's like five seconds of anger, like the emotion in your nervous system stays like five hours in your body or something like that, a crazy stat like that. And it's like those moments that we get so upset are really hurting us and hurting those around us. So a couple of things that I do First of all, therapy has completely changed my life. I think just having somebody to talk to is so powerful. When I start to talk about my feelings, that's when I start to cry. I feel like if I just like sit and think about it, it just ruminates. Like it just it just gets a little bit obsessive in my head. But if I can say it out loud, it clears the energy and, and it really makes me get real with myself and and as my therapist would say, own your shit. Like it's just about owning your shit and being honest with yourself and I think going back to what we said earlier about, you know, both of us like growing up in a very capitalistic mindset of go, 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 needing to equate our our productivity to our worth. I think what happens is that because we are so much in that mindset of that wounded masculine energy of really like just wanting to brush over everything so that we can be productive, so that we can have accomplishments, so that we can feel good about ourselves, what happens is we tend to completely brush over what it is that we are feeling. So going to therapy every single week and showing up and being like, okay, this is what's going on in my life. And I'm going to take this time, this like hour, this hour and a half to really, you know, dive into it. It really clears me out. And I think just speaking it releases it for me. There's this word in Japanese that one of my um, Reiki teachers told me and it's Havasu. And basically it means to speak but it also means to let go and release. Like the word has a dual meaning. And I think for me, I noticed that when I speak, I release the emotions. So therapy is so, so helpful for that. And I just, I just stop fighting it when it comes up. Like I've been grieving a relationship, a friendship for like over a year and a half now. And when you grieve something so long, even a death of someone or a death of somebody who's still alive, but just no longer in your life anymore, I think what happens is we get so mad at ourselves for still being sad about it. And we get so mad at ourselves for still feeling these feelings. We're like, I've cried so much. Like, when am I going to be like Ariana and have no tears left to cry? Like, I'm just like, I'm serious. I'm just like, wait, like, when is this going to be over? But when I would fight it, that's when I would get anxious because sadness is the first like little base here. And then when I didn't want to feel sadness, I'd cover it up with anxiety. And when I didn't want to feel anxiety, I'd cover that up with anger. And it's all these layers. And it's about just stripping back those layers of whatever you're using to cover up your true emotion of sadness, using like whatever, whatever emotion you're using to cover up that sadness or that deep unfulfillment. I think that is how we get to that base. And now whenever that grief comes up, I'm like, I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to get mad at myself. I'm literally just going to cry. And crying is one of the best things that we can do to cleanse ourselves. If you can't cry, watch a movie that makes you cry. I swear to God, like literally just get into a state where 
you maybe are having empathy for somebody else and that makes you cry. And then you are like, okay, what am I actually sad about? What emotions are stuck in my body? Because what I realized is that my emotions were so deeply stuck in my body, in my shoulders, in my stomach, in my head, causing headaches, causing stomach aches. And and what I notice is that you just literally, when it comes up, it intuitively will come up. You can't like force yourself to feel things. You can't be like, okay, it's 12 o'clock. This is my grieving hour. This is my crying hour, but you're going to be driving. And then that song's that song is going to come on that reminds you of that person or that situation or that time in your life that really fucking hurts. And that is the moment to feel. That is the moment to be like, I'm going to give myself 10 minutes right now to literally just feel this. And when it intuitively comes up, giving yourself the self-respect to honor your emotions. Exactly. Yeah. And I, it's really unique and interesting, the perspective you put on this, because we often think with coping we think about um, tangible things such as drugs alcohol and i find it very interesting and how this is such a true point is that you say these layers that we put on top you can also cope with expressing different emotions or certain behaviors and i don't think many people really look at those as ways of hindering their emotions and hiding what the root problem is and when we keep layering and layering and layering when we hit those lows, they are way lower than they could be if we just allowed ourselves to feel throughout the process. And that's something I personally have learned is the more you just keep burying it down, when you hit those lows, you're going to hit a real bad low and it's going to take you a long time to get back up to it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think now that I've felt my feelings for like I've been on this journey for like almost three years, over three years. And um, I think I've noticed that such good comes out of feeling my emotions that eventually what happens is when you begin to associate good things with the things that used to hurt or used to painful, used to be painful. What happens is that your brain is going to going to want to do it more because our brain likes what's familiar. Our brain likes what's predictable. Our brain likes what is safe. And when we can associate good things with things that are hard because we can do hard things, what happens is it'll be easier and easier and easier, like a snowball going down the mountain for us to be able to feel our feelings and we won't be so scared of it anymore. The more that we practice, the more that we train our mind to do it, the the easier it'll be for us to access that deeper part of ourselves. And I've just noticed for me personally that whenever I cry whenever I feel my feelings like so many good things happen like I get to move through tough things and I get to come out on this on the other side feeling brighter feeling released feeling refreshed feeling cleansed on top of that when it comes to like the spiritual world like with my manifestations like I've just noticed that when I want to manifest something and like between the manifestation process and the actual like embodying it and and having whatever the manifestation is, if I can clear out that emotional blockage that's in the middle, that is going to open up the pathway for me to receive my manifestation. So for me, I've just seen in my life that feeling my feelings are really good for me. And even though in the instant gratification part, it really fucking hurts in the moment. Like once you've moved through it, you feel so much better. And now that my brain has associated, going back to the science part of it, now that my brain has associated positive things with feeling my feelings, I want to do it more often. I want to honor that part of myself more often because I know 
that it's safe. I know that it's going to get me to where I want to go. I know that there is like a positive intention and a positive purpose for me feeling my feelings. And I know that there's also a positive intention for me having these tough emotions because if we can identify what the positive intention is for us feeling all this pain, that is when we begin to have gratitude for the process of healing. And for me, I've just I've just really noticed that you know, a big part of me going through certain things is so that I can help other people. A big a big reason that I'm going through certain things is so that I can evolve to the person that I want to be. And that is the positive intention of these hard things. And and even though in the moment you don't see it when you're outside of it, you're like, OK, that was supposed to happen. Yeah. And I love the way you've put the positive outlook on this, because I'm this is think, making me think of people that I've talked to and they'll say, I feel guilty for feeling anxious because there's so many other worse things in this world going on and yet I'm anxious about a test that comes up next week. And I think we often forget that there's a reason why we're feeling that way and if we allow ourselves to, okay, recognize, yeah, I'm anxious about this, why am I anxious about this? We'll uncover that it's coming from another place and when we go through those emotions, it allows us to get to that positive outcome, which could be performing better on that test because we're not as anxious as, about it anymore. So I love that that perspective and spin that you've really put on that. And so moving gears a little bit, you've mentioned a lot about little points about hitting those lows and how we get ourselves back on track. And I know you talk about a bit about burnout and experiencing emotions where you just feel like you're absolutely in a rut and you can't do anything anymore. You just feel like you're absolutely trapped. What are some tools and techniques you've learned through your journey and even through what you've noticed through other people that help get them back on track? And I think this is especially important now that we're in this new year where people are go, go, go. I need to be doing all of these things. And then we get to February, March, and it's like, rock bottom we can't move because it just it's too much so what what would you have to say on that yeah totally I I actually have a little three-step thing because I love a good little three-step moment I love numbers <laughs> I love numbers I love steps I'm like let's organize it let's do this thing so okay. I would say the first thing that I always do when it comes to you know getting out of a rut is getting unstuck if you're stuck you need to get curious so what is missing? What emotion are you trying to hide from yourself? Because most likely if you're feeling stuck and if and if you are feeling just so low and depressed, that is because you are repressing emotions. You don't want to feel something. So going back to the first thing that we were talking about, you need to feel to heal. You need to get in touch with what am I sad about? Literally, because you're probably sad about something. If you are stuck and if you are feeling like in this really stuck place, you are sad about something. I hate to break it to you. I'm going to own your shit for you. You are sad about something. I'm so sad about something when I feel stuck, but I don't want to feel it. And that's when the repression and the suppression and the stuffer in me comes out. And, and when, think about it, like if you have, if you have like atoms and you know like we learn in science class with like water versus gas versus solids like you know a, a, an emotion that is moving through is going to almost look like this gas like emotion like it's going to have all this but if you're stuffing in you don't want to feel it it's going to compress and compress and compress and compress and eventually it's going to turn into a solid and 
it's going to keep you stuck. You're not going to be able to move through that. So the first thing that you need to do if you're stuck is literally feel your feelings. Like you need to get real with yourself. What are you sad about? What the fuck are you avoiding? Like, cause you're avoiding something if you're feeling stuck. So you need to get curious with what you're actually feeling. And that is the first thing that I would hundred percent say. If you were to, if someone were to ask you, how do, how do I know what I'm upset about? What would you recommend them do to figure that out for themselves? How could someone get curious? Yeah, definitely like writing things out or speaking it out loud. Like I will literally talk to myself. Like, I don't care if I look crazy. I'm in my car having full on conversations with myself being like, okay, but what are you actually feeling? Like, and I think that is such a good process to do with yourself, either speaking out loud or journaling. I know not many people like to journal. So that's why I like talk out loud in your car. But also journaling is so powerful because it really helps us tap into our subconscious mind when we can get into that stream of consciousness. And like, don't even think about what you're saying. Don't even think about what you're writing. Literally just let it flow through with as little judgment to what you're thinking or writing as possible for sure. And I think, yeah, when we can like write, like write or speak out loud and just being like, okay, I'm feeling stuck. Is there anything in my life right now that I could feel upset about? Answer, answer yourself and then be like, okay. And what am I really upset about, about that situation? And what does that bring up for my past? That makes me feel a certain type of way. Where can I find this like thread in my childhood? Like ask yourself questions and get curious with yourself through journaling or through speaking out loud to yourself. And that is going to help you get in touch with just what is actually going on in your mind. I feel like, yeah, to know yourself is to love yourself. That's what I realized. And that is like one of my main things. And that I always say to myself, I'm always like to know yourself is to love yourself because I didn't want to know myself for so long. Like it's scary. So scary. Like it, it, it is scary. And then like, once you do it, you realize it's not scary. Like on the other side, it's scary. But then once you start like knowing yourself and asking yourself those deep questions, it's like, okay, like I realize that education about myself even is powerful and it, and it is a powerful invoker for for change and for evolution and transformation. So if I'm going to, you know, want to transform my body, I need to learn about my body and my nutrition. If I want to transform my soul and and transform my being and, and who I am, I need to learn about myself. So yeah, I think when I realized that I was just like, to know yourself is to love yourself. And if you're hiding from yourself, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's it's disrespect. And, I, and we all deserve to show ourselves deep self-respect, which really translates into self-love. We do. We do. Yeah. Yeah. So to get unstuck, first feel your feelings. And that comes through deep curiosity of yourself. Two, I think for me, um, I would say like how long do you need to be stuck in this? And that is something that I find so powerful because our subconscious mind is so suggestive. Like we can suggest something to our subconscious mind and, and it, it just happens. Like, for example, like there there's studies out there that shows like that people who have been diagnosed with cancer, I don't know the exact percentage, so I'm not going to say it, but it's a really high, like above 80% that die like near the date that they are told that they're going to pass away because the doctor suggested this certain date in their mind. And it's like a crazy number above 80% of people like die within that week because 
your mind is just literally this malleable source that we can just like suggest things into. And if we suggest something enough, like our mind is going to make that a truth because it likes familiar and predictable. So if we can show, if we can tell it something over and over and over again and prove it through evidence, like eventually our mind's just going to take that as a new truth. So I think it's really powerful to be like, how long do I need to stay in this? And, and that's the number two for everyone is like, how long do you need to stay in this? When I am like in such deep grief, such deep heartbreak, such deep sadness, I'm like, okay, how long do I need to be in this? Two days, two weeks, two months, like whatever first comes to me, I know that that is my intuition. Like I'm just not going to overthink it. I'm going to ground. I'm going to put my feet in the grass. I'm going to imagine a white ball of light at my feet and I'm going to just really ground myself into presence and ground myself into awareness. I'm going to ask myself with deep curiosity and deep love, how long do I need to be in this? Whatever comes up, that's what I suggest to myself. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. Like I can do hard things. I can feel this for that amount of time because the thing with stuckness is that we stay stuck. And it's like, you don't have to stay stuck. Like, no. like we can move through hard things. We can do hard things, but we can also move through hard things. So I think really suggesting to your mind how long to stay stuck in something is number two. And then number three is going to be getting back to those habits that align you to your highest self. Yeah. So basically what I'll do is I'll like be like, what does my highest self look like? And I'll be like, okay. And what does she do? Like my daily highest self, what does she do on the daily? Like what daily habits does she implement into her life? And that is how I can become that version of myself now, because if I can embody her habits, I can become her. So I think to get back on track, I always, when I'm ever, I'm feeling stuck and sad and in grief and, and just really, I, I start with my habits. And those include movement because you need to move the energy through your body if you're stuck. Like you literally need to go on a walk. You need to work out. You need to go on a hike. Like you need to go to the gym, go to a hot yoga class, sweat it out, whatever it is. You need to move that energy physically out of your body because if you're stuck mentally, you're also stuck physically 100%. 100%, yeah. Yeah. And then that also looks like I'm looking at my habit tracker right now. I have movement breath work, meditate, journal, no phone in the mornings and in the night, inspired action, which I think is really important. And then right now I'm doing a budget tracker. So that's on that too. But I think for me, like meditation, journaling, breath work, movement, those are like the little habits that I come back to. And I don't have to like go to the gym and do an hour workout if I'm feeling stuck. Like I can do a 10 minute Pilates on YouTube on my floor and just get myself from the bed to my living room. Like it's not about the crazy jumps. It's about the small steps and the and the little habits are going to get you there. They're going to get you unstuck and they're going to get you realigned with the person that you know that you are underneath all, all the hard emotions. Yeah, and I love everything you said about that because the habits, we often, you know, we can look at them as like, oh, I could work out. But when you put yourself back in those situations where your body knows that are comfortable and it knows it's going to make itself feel good, it's automatically going to go, I know what this is. I, this, I know this makes me feel good. Let's keep doing it. But it just takes that little push. And sometimes that push is the hardest part. But if we just think about how good we feel in the end of after doing that workout or doing those little things, it brings us back to our truths. And that's, that's something I talk a lot about on this podcast is going back to what's true. What makes you feel good? What 
gives you that energy? What inspires you? Go back to those things. Look back at those previous experiences where you've thrived. Look at the ones where you haven't thrived. What did you do differently between those two situations? There's so there's so much to look at and this might sound complicated to listeners, but it's really, it is basic and it's what's those little things that make you feel good? No, I totally agree what you're, what you're saying with truth. It's just like, I just know that moving my body makes me feel good. It helps me move energy through my body. Um, and also movement, working out, getting your heart rate up to a certain level produces lactic acid. And within lactic acid, actually a chemical gets released to your brain that is more powerful than an- any anti-anxiety medication, any antidepressant medication. And it, it's so true. Like the people that I look at and I'm just like, they honestly have a very like, like a very leveled way of living. They're not like so up and down. They're pretty like leveled. Like they all move their body. They all work out. And it actually creates like certain hormones and chemicals in our brain that are going to make us more joyful and more peaceful and more balanced and more stabilized. And and like serotonin, like serotonin, our mood stabilizer, like it is so important to work out because our body is literally sending chemicals to our mind when we do that, that is going to make us feel better. So it's like, I just know that that's a fact. I know that there's science behind that. I know that that's a truth. And also it's like anyone can tell you a truth, but then you have to prove it to yourself. And for me, I just know that happiest times in my life, like the times where I've been most stable, like most joyful, most peaceful have been when I am consistently moving my body. And, and, and it's, feels like the hardest thing to do is get started but once you're started you're like okay like this feels so good like why was I not doing this before you know yeah exactly and I think also and something I've realized through exercise and I think it took me a really long time because I used to be an athlete and I never really looked at exercise this way and this might resonate with some people listening as well but I noticed that when I started slowing down and doing different types of movement, there was a release of energy. And this is something you've said, so this is what made me think of it, is that release of energy. And it's not energy in terms of just stress withering away. It's actually within my nervous system that's heightened in my chest. And when I started doing breath work and lower impact movement, I felt that release and that calm of my nervous system. And I think we often forget that, yes, exercise, it does, you know, it can get the emotion out, it can get the anger out, but there's also the other side of it where it actually scientifically brings your body back down to a neutral state and allows you to, when you're in that neutral state, things, you put things in perspective more easily. You're able to cognitively aware, be aware of your surroundings and understand that, okay, this is maybe something that's good for me and this is not something that's good for me. No, I love that. I love that so much. I mean, if you think about it, like in our evolutionary mind, like when we were like cavemen and we we're like fending for ourselves, like not sitting like at these little desks, like in our little cardboard boxes in our cars, like when we were actually like out in the world, like trying to survive, we were going to like get attacked by a lion. Okay. We're going to get attacked by a lion. What do you do? You fight or you flight? So you like get out of there. Because if you freeze, you're dead. So you're yeah. going to fight or you're going to flight. So you run as fast as you can and you get the fuck out of there. And then what happens is when, you, when you're safe, you feel that release, that like, like it just feels like you just like took a deep sigh. And, and that release is you completing that stress cycle response. And what happens is that we in society have transformed a society where 
our minds are still in that evolutionary perspective of a survival mode, but instead we're sitting at our desk and we're getting stressed out by deadlines and exams. And what happens is we are not moving that energy out of our body. So that's why movement is such a key part of completing that stress cycle response. And like you said, coming back to that neutralized state, and I totally agree with you where when we're in that neutralized state, we just make better decisions. Like we are just more cognitively aware and have the ability to, you know, make the better decisions for ourselves than when we're stressed and when we're anxious and when we're in fucking fight or flight, like we're going to make decisions that aren't actually like good for us. It's, um, it's definitely, you know, it, science is true for a reason, but there's also the part that everyone has to do their own thing and realize what's right for them. And that comes back to your truths. Movement for somebody may be completely different than somebody else. For someone, it might be going to the gym, lifting weights. For someone else, it might be as simple as rolling out their yoga mat and doing five minutes of stretching. It it's so different, and that's why I want everyone listening not to take this as a as a as a fact as needing to you know go to the gym tomorrow to make your nervous system calm down. No, it's so dependent on your body, and you just have to experiment and try different things. It takes so much experimental aspects and that's going back to even what you said about being curious be curious about what your body needs look into the different parts and what makes you feel good and what doesn't so I I love it all and so wrapping up this conversation I want to ask you a couple words of advice for our listeners about self-love and self-improvement this is something I know you really talk about and genuinely loving yourself and learning to love who you truly are through underneath of that and so what would you have to say to anyone listening right now who's learning on this healing journey or on their own self-discovery journey of really wanting to dive deep and to love who they are inside and out? Yeah, self-love. I, I said this already and I'm going to say it again. To know yourself is to love yourself. And what happens is that um, we want to be so perfect and we want to be ruled by that perfectionism within us that we don't even want to look at the parts of ourselves that we don't necessarily like. But in reality, when we can look at those parts of ourselves, acknowledge our, those parts of ourselves, get curious with those parts of ourselves, what happens is we lift the shame and perfectionism. I love Brene Brown's work where she talks about perfectionism and shame going hand in hand. And when you speak out loud the shame that you are feeling around yourself it it helps release that weight from your shoulders when you can when you can talk to somebody like I just had one of my best friends the other day text me and she's like Kayla like I am feeling so shameful I have I am feeling so shameful I've smoked like every single day this week like I, I just like and I'm like thank you for telling me like you can forgive yourself like I'm not judging you like you can stop judging you and Instead of hiding from ourselves and creating that shame, what we can do is get curious with ourselves and ask ourselves the questions that we have been avoiding and, and really getting to that place of deep acceptance with with who we are and knowing also that we have the ability to change because it's not either or, it's both and. It's not that you're imperfect and you suck and you need to change and it's not that, you know, and it's not that... Um, you can ignore the bad things that you've done and and you never need to change. It's like we can find that place where we know that we have the ability to evolve and transform while also knowing that we are inherently worthy and we don't have to do anything to prove that. And when you can just continue to know yourself, you can um, really develop that deep acceptance for yourself. I really say like, you know, that person in your life 
that you just know so well. Like you just know them so well that you just love them unconditionally past all their bullshit. Like you just love them so much that it doesn't even matter. You just know that they are so worthy no matter what they do. Um, even if they don't, you don't always like them or like what they do, but you know them so deeply and for so long that you love them unconditionally. I think it's the same thing with yourself. I think if you can know yourself deeper, what happens is you develop that deep self-acceptance for for yourself and you learn that you are inherently worthy and you don't have to do anything to prove it. Yeah, and it's I the the thought that comes to mind from everything you just said is we can often or most often we we are most often our own worst enemy. And it's really, you know, when you think about the judgmental part of it, people aren't judging you as much as they as you think it's more yourself and the way you're perceiving everything that you do for yourself so just you know know that you're at, you are not you are the in control of whether or not you want to judge yourself you have full rights over that so why not to take control of it yeah I totally agree yeah I, so I lo- have loved absolutely love speaking with you today this has been an extremely insightful deep conversation and i think we've covered a bunch of different topics where can everyone find you to follow your content stay up to date with your work your podcast everything like that yeah thank you so much emily for giving me the space um to speak and have this beautiful conversation with you. I'm so excited to share this with all um, with my community as well. My podcast is Skinny Dipping. On Skinny Dipping, we talk about the mind, the body and the soul. Lots of conversations like this in order to create actionable change in our lives. And then I'm at Sunday's KK on all platforms. But yeah, check out Skinny Dipping. And thank you so much for having me on, Emily. Well, thank you so much for coming. Alrighty guys, that is it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Before you go, don't forget to leave a rating and review for this episode. Let me know your thoughts and make sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok. Everything is at Balance Factor. Also my website, balancefactor.com. I have some very exciting things coming up in the next few months, so make sure to follow along to stay up to date. And with that said, I hope you have an absolutely amazing day and I will see you next Wednesday. Wednesday for another new episode. Bye guys.